fantasy is uh, getting ready to start for everyone. Some people may have drafted. I particularly it's, it's like an idiot. Yeah, I particularly like to wait uh, for injuries. Never want to get bit by that. Anything yeah. like that, you know. So our league that Willems and I are in, we draft typically like two days, three days before the season starts. I think this year is going to be the night before. And if it gets pushed off again, it may be the hour before. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no way we can push it off before after the first game. Cause I hate that where it's like retroactive to like week one. Cause then people are like, it messes with some people, not us. Cause we're cultured and not going after somebody that had a great first game. Yeah. But, um, I think that happened last year with somebody else that I knew when, uh, Odell went off week one or something and they drafted right after week one and then, Oh shit, you just wasted your first pick on somebody that, uh, tore his ACO. I have done the post week one draft and it's uh it's not fun because everyone just blows up in your face and I I fell into that too on the hype train, but yeah this is the this is NFL fantasy this is we're gonna talk uh, draft strategy uh, first round priorities uh, when to draft your tight end and quarterback uh, you know that we suggest uh, some sleepers and. You know, in, in later podcasts uh, leading up to the full season starting, we're going to go over some other positional groups. But tonight we're going to focus on, uh, or today, whenever you're listening to it, we're going to focus on the running backs. Uh, we're going to talk about PPR and standard, basically talking about like our first and second round targets, since that's when they should be drafted, uh, as well as some sleepers. And then we'll talk about like understanding the values, bye weeks, how the weekly averages of certain positions play into uh, how your priorities should go. You know, just because it's a top quarterback, you know, when you really look at it, uh, wide receiver can outdo them and hold a higher priority when it's, when it's only like a four-point difference. Uh, even when it comes to top quarterbacks and, you know, middle-of-the-ground quarterbacks, there's not a huge difference when you look at the weekly averages. A four-touchdown to, a four, a four week by a QB and a receiver – the receiver usually crushes in points compared to the QB. So, right. So this, you know, everyone loves to play it, but you know, nobody likes to hear anybody talk about it. I don't know how many times I've been at a bar or uh, just hanging out around friends or sometimes at work. I mean, not me, but <laughs> other people, they're like, oh yeah, everyone talks about their fantasy team. And it's, it's like the thing you probably find the most exciting for six months but you can't stand anyone else talking about at the same mm -hmm. point. Uh, I personally don't talk about it with anybody outside of the leagues I'm in. And that's usually after the fact. I'm usually the first person to hear it on this show, and then you'll say it after the fact again once we do a draft or it's, it's somebody else brings it up. You rarely review reveal your strategy before we start. Right. actually drafting yeah we we talked about it uh last year we had a, a special uh podcast uh just for like our fantasy league and we may do it again here and there this year um it was just something fun i loved critiquing the guys's rosters because i wish we, i want to go back and listen to that and see how the season ended up because i think it was aaron who finished second to you it was so i looked at it today when i was reactivating it it was myself tim and then tim. i and I think Aaron's team. Yeah, was Aaron third, was yeah. third, and I think and I but traded with both of them. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think the start of the season, Aaron had the best overall team we gave. Yeah, and then it, it and it worked and, out. Well. And ESPN just, said I had the worst. 
So yep. well, screw you also, ESPN. That always yeah. happens. Well, you made a lot of trades, and you on a rare occasion hit almost every one of your sleepers. So. Yeah, Justin Herbert, what's up? And then Justin Jefferson, which I traded earlier on in the year four. He was my favorite pick of the draft. I don't even think you actually played Herbert at all. No, I didn't. <laughs> which then, like, my quarterback situation fell apart at the end of the year. Because everybody got hurt. But we'll, we'll but here we are. Yeah, we're, we're entering that territory that nobody else cares, and they probably already stopped listening. <laughs> right, exactly. But yeah, so I don't talk about it with anyone outside because, one, I don't really like talking to other people all that much. Uh, and I just, I'm <laughs> cocky, and I know that my team's better than yours. <laughs> Jesus. All right, so we'll go ahead and start. How do you approach the first round, right? That's first round, second round, most important. It's most important. And like, so like we talked a little bit, I, I approach it in three tiers. Picks one through four, picks five through eight, and picks nine through 12. Personally, I like having my pick anywhere between five through eight, um, just because that gives you, I think, the best consistency when you go and you're looking further in the draft round twos, threes, and fours, you're having a better shot of having a more balanced team um, where you get the first pick. Yeah, that's great. But now you're depending on your league could be 24 picks before your next one. And then you get two in a row, which is awesome. But then it's again, it's 20, that big 24 break in there. So that's what I like to do. Picks one through four for me have to be running back. I th that's my personal thing. I think you have to, that's your most consistent spot. That's the place where the most points are gained person, Outside of the QB is most likely to have the most upside or is the most upside as a running back. So I think one through four, you have to take a running back. Now, for those of you who play on ESPN, if you're looking at a cheat sheet right now, you'll probably see number four's uh, tight end. We'll get into that later. Blown away by that. Blown away by average pick for this one that Godley and I have seen. But for me, one through four, you have to go running back. And I think it's somebody that has to be a dual threat, has to have and both standard and PPR has to be able to run the ball a lot, catch some passes, and have that uh, that ability to, to have a touchdown receiving as well. If you don't, then I would say they're going to be end of around, possibly round two. So yeah, and you know you're looking at like uh, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, like those type of players. When you talk about okay, yeah, they definitely benefit a lot more if you have a PPR but they score a lot off their catches and you still get the touchdowns for that in uh, non-PPR leagues. So they're still very high priority where you could have someone like Austin uh, Eckler, who is still a great, good, like standard running back, but a lot of his comes off of PPR. So he's someone where you would have them higher valued. And I don't think you're really taking him in the first round anyways, um, yeah. but you would have him higher valued in a PPR than a standard. Yeah. He's a hell of a workhorse, but he's, never been the person in his career when it gets down inside the red zone to be the player that's actually getting the touches. It's always a bigger back. Right. And it is, he's, he's gotten his opportunities to try to do it and it's just not there for him. So yeah, I agree with you on that one. The other one that I would sit there and look at is like uh, an Antonio Gibson, who is a raw talent or uh, Deandre Swift. These, these newer backs that are in that have that dual threat capability, but are on not, so good of offensive teams this right. year they have yeah. the upside which i think depending on the quarterback i look at washington and i see fitz magic there and i think okay gibson much more of a, rele a, a relevant play this year than he was last year entering the league having at times f who knows what kind of quarterback he had i mean i think he, I think he had four different quarterbacks throughout the year to go there and then deandre swift has a great 
offensive line to run behind. He's going to get uh, checked down Teddy this year, which will be uh, Jared Goff. But at the end of the day, if you're not going to get a lot of yards rushing and you may not get that many yards passing, you have to get in the end zone. So those right. are those tier one, tier two guys. Right. So I would go with a, a, an agreement on the one through four. It has to be a running back. I have, you know, I've been playing fantasy, I think, since I was like 14. So quite a long time. I want to say it kind of started with our generation. Yeah, I've had the most success. I started out, uh, my dad was in a league with his friends. and Same. And I was like, I mean, I've loved football, always loved math. So I always knew, I knew where players were getting, coming out from college before I even started watching college ball. I knew all their stats. So he was just like, why don't you just run my team? <laughs> and so I won, <laughs> I won his, I think I won his uh, league that year. Uh, at like 14 and so I would agree ever since then I've tried it with the running back the quarterback first because in one league it was a you could have two quarterbacks so it actually moves up the value of when you draft it but yeah you have to go running back running back I've seen time and time uh, success everyone's going to tell you to draft running back if you don't hey good luck to you Uh, you might like your team but you're not going to like the result yeah and then moving into what'd you say, like uh, five through five, five through eight. And this is five through eight. I should have yeah. done that. I don't know why I did. Yeah, five through eight. <laughs> this is where I like to go because this is where, depending on the type of league that you run, you could look at continuing with running backs, or you can grab a high end receiver that you know is going to mm-hmm. do well. Um, yeah. A true cut number one. Like for me, number one receiver in football is um, going to be Devonte Adams, and it's by a big margin in my opinion, just for the fact he's going to get the, he's going to get the catches and the targets. He's going to get the yards. He's going to get the touchdowns. And that's just because he is the best receiver in football. When it comes to the team he's on green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, um, he's going to get the looks and he has that camaraderie right there. Um, so I, I like that you have that ability to go up and get that playmaker in a receiver, which can win you a championship because he is by far equal or better um than anybody else in the five and eight slot right and i and i would agree with you there um as you said earlier uh, the sweet spot for me to draft is in that middle i don't like being first because i don't want to wait 23 picks till i can pick again i don't mind being at the end i would say anywhere from like six if i'm a 12 person league which i think is like the max i would ever do i've done more than that I like being six to yeah, nine. Yeah, six to nine, ten is okay. You still gotta you still gotta stretch. Twelve forces you in to knowing that you have to take running back because you're like it's not gonna get here again. Like I'm already twelve, so I'm not getting the best running back, and there's no way I'm gonna get another running back at twenty three. So if yeah. you're drafting twelve, you you have to be the trendsetter after about round three. When once round three comes, you go all right. Screw it. I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck everybody up. I'm gonna take this guy. I'm just gonna cause complete chaos. And oh, that's 100%. where I've seen the most success drafting at that position. Well, yeah, because you get you get you get the first double picks right there, so you know, hey, I can get two people right then and there. And, yeah, and honestly, I'll take the two best be, off the board. They need to be. It's roll. it's kind of we go uh we go real draft strategy now when it comes to the NFL. Hey, take the person, best person off the board at that point. It doesn't regard regardless yeah. if he's, it's a need or not take the best person. So, yeah. And if there's, you know, you know, we have like categories, if there's a two running backs there that are set them and forget them for the league, then do that, do that and know that you can come back and get like an RB two injury player or a sleeper, 
you know, in in your later rounds. As long as I think it, I think it really comes down to one. I mean, if you can pick where, you know, some leagues have that. Uh, if it's a random draw, you know, just really understand how what you're good at drafting. Like for me, I know I'm good at drafting wide receivers. That's what I I like watching tape of. That's mm-hmm. that's what I played in high school. So I I'm not ever worried. I I never jump at a wide receiver because I know I know the depth. So I'll draft everything else first. So I think yeah. that's also part of the strategy into it. But I agree with you on the five to nine. You gotta you know take take that first wide receiver. Possibly you did the second. Uh, there were some years where you know you have like three great wide receivers. Now I now I think it's kind of. You know, yeah. you have two top guys, and everybody else kind of fits in pretty well. For you remember about 10. when? The, what was it? We, I think we're five years removed now from when uh, Antonio Brown was going number one overall because he was just dominating. Yeah, I never. I he was a player I never drafted. I just said no to. And how many times did that burn people? Because yeah, he did well, but because of that, if you had that one of those first four picks, man, and you picked AB, you were shit out of luck with running backs. You were scraping. You were yeah. running your starters were RB2s and you were hoping. So we'll move to like nine and twelve. If you're in nine and twelve, what you're hoping for is that you have someone not that smart <laughs> drafting hundred percent one through eight. You're just like, please, somebody overreach, take a hype guy, take a rookie that's unproven yet, take a tight end, take a quarterback, and leave those other top guys for me. Mm-hmm. And then that's where you cash in. A Joe Mixon. Yeah, take someone and you're like, oh, wow, okay, somebody left, you know, Aaron Jones for me here. Uh, sure, I'll do that. And then when it comes back around, I'll take a top wide receiver or something. Yep. Uh, so that's that's what I like to do. I think that's how you should best approach the first round. Nine and nine through twelve. You know, you can you can you could take risks there. You yeah. know, more of eleven and twelve is the the higher risk. Like again, like if you take a quarterback or a tight end eleven and twelve. I won't respect you, but I'll understand it. I'd be like, okay, which I think, I guess that is respecting, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little bit of, sh- it, it's a sideways look at it. But then again, if you're taking a, a Glad QB you not me. Tight, <laughs> yeah, if you're a Q, if you're taking a QB or tight end at nine through 12, and then you don't follow it up with a running back or a receiver on your very next pick in two or three picks. Yeah. Then I'm hoping that I'm that pick right after you. Right. Like you're so, saying. So when do you look to draft a tight end and quarterback? See, with quarterbacks, for me, I I used to have the rule of never take a QB before round five. Uh, I used to have that rule because, again, it goes back to QBs are so sporadic, but a top tier one you're going to get is going to he's going to be far, far above everybody. But that next tier, that tier two through tier four, tier five. They're all right there. At the end of the year, there may be 20 to 30 points in between them. So it's just hit or miss and who you get lucky with. That used to be my strategy. Now that the NFL's kind of gone to a more, a more mobile quarterback, I'll say the college college level style that we're looking at, mm-hmm. um, I might move it up to rounds like like around like four if I have the lat if I have a pick in round three and it's my last pick for 24 picks. So like you, if you get one and you do one 24, 25, I might make that 25th pick. If, if, if the top QB still on the board, taking him knowing it's going to be another 24 picks before I actually get to do it. Right. So 
this is what we're talking about when we're talking about uh, knowing the value and uh, the the weekly averages. So normally, I think it's like 13 weeks, right? But I'm going to say overall um, on a 16-week scale, right? So just, uh, you know, and it's going to be, it's going to fluctuate by a few 17 points. 17 weeks this year and moving forward now, so. Yeah, but I mean, like, uh, so I said 16 um, just because you know, normally you're not playing that 17th or 18th week, right? Well, that's what, or that's 17th what I'm saying. game. Yeah, because yeah. at that point you're like, I don't know who's sitting out. So that's a terrible time to have a championship. So Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, I guess Josh Lamar Allen. Jackson, those would be guys like that you would think of as like QB ones, like the first ones to go off, right? Well, if you look at last year, Aaron Rodgers had 498 points and Lamar Jackson, who came in 10th overall, and quarterbacks had 391 points. So when you take that into consideration of a 15, 16 uh, season, we'll say 15, it's only seven, eight points per week. So it's not really all that big. Mm-mm. You know, when you're like, okay, like why am I going to stretch here when I could get a wide receiver or a running back that there's a, a much bigger drop off, right? Because you have 12 teams in a league. And there's there's twelve good quarterbacks out there to have, but there's not twenty four great running backs. No, yeah. So and they're, they're that's why definitely not twenty four great receivers. You can do it, right? And I've done it. I mean, I've drafted a quarterback and never in first round, but like second, third. I've done it before when I was at the later end of it. Like if I was like top three pick, and then I, then I'll end up at the back of the second. Yeah. And there's just guys so. that I'm like, okay, like I could, I feel like I'm in a good spot. Like maybe I have. Christian McCaffrey first, and now, you know, I'm sitting here at 24. Okay, nobody's taken a quarterback yet, or someone maybe has just taken Patrick Holmes. I'll go for Aaron Rodgers. Like, I'll just go ahead and, and make sure that those are my top scoring guys, knowing that I can, I'll have to sub in and find a, a hidden gem and running back or like a plug and, and play type duo. And then I know I can find the wide receivers because there's plenty of wide receivers in the league. Yeah, for sure. It's also one of those things, too. Um, and this is where it comes into hopefully you have a couple of people in your league that don't don't know so much about fantasy or aren't really in depth to it because one of the biggest traps that you see with inexperienced fantasy players, newer fantasy players, um, people that aren't in tune of it is once you see a position go, the domino effect that it has. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's what I was talking about. Like, what chaos do you love seeing in a draft? I and- love. And I love being the one who sometimes sets that. Like later yeah. in the rounds, I love being like, okay, you know what I'm going to do? Like nobody's taking the tight ends yet. Typically that happens. Round three, I'm going to take the tight end. And now you know, because sometimes I'll do it, I'll be like, oh man, I really want this running back. But like he's like three down on like the priority list. And you know that's what's starting to fill up. So how can I try and make sure I get him when it comes back around? Yeah, I'll take a tight end knowing that everybody else is going to have to make that run and I can get back to this running back. So sometimes I play that in a strategy like I don't want to take a tight end here, but I know I want this other player where if I don't take the tight end, he won't get to me. I like the reverse reverse of it. So like, yeah, causing the chaos is nice, but then being the person to set everything back to normal. I love being that and especially I see it with defenses. Somebody Mm -hmm. goes round eight snags a defense and I just laugh. And then I watch 
three or four other people snag defenses. And I just sit right back there and I laugh. I look at who's available, look at my board. And I was like, okay, let's get back on track. And hopefully not everybody else behind me is an idiot and goes and after defenses. Yes, you need defenses and defenses are key to some leagues, but they're a dime a dozen. And in today's world, there's maybe four defenses league wide that you don't drop. Yeah. That, that is don't drop. every That's week. It. Yes. I, I don't care if they have a bad week. I'm not getting rid of them. And the best defense isn't always the one you want to pick because the ones that hold people to not score or not, that's great. It's good. You get points that way. But it's the defenses that turn the ball over the most is what you want. And who cares if they give up a shit ton of points because if they have a pick six with two interceptions and a fumble recovery, hey, you're still looking at 10, 12 points, whereas the best defense in the league has three points given up but no turnovers or something like that. And, oh, great, yeah, they got six points. What the hell? And most of the time, like, the the projected ESPN uh, or Yahoo, I don't I don't know anyone who does a Yahoo draft, but if you do Yahoo, great for you. Never done it. I um, do. Actually, I, I prefer Yahoo. Really? I really do. Dude, their I, platform, I, I didn't even know Yahoo was really a website anymore. Their platform is the best fantasy site you can go to for football. Okay. The best. You know, foot and mouth. <laughs> no yeah like i like i want you to, if you can find a league that you just want to do shits and giggles for or at least just go over there and look at it yeah but i the, normally do one that's just like a, a random the breakdowns dream. on yahoo are unbelievable like they give you draft grades after it based off of what your talent is what you drafted there um everything's up to date the, the systems down their projections they have charts and graphs for you yahoo is an analytical paradise for okay you. Well, I'll have to give it a, a try. I don't think they'll be around much longer, but uh, it's still they will. Won't. They'll get bought out, but they're not. You're not going to lose the name. Yeah, I think they will. I mean, we've been out, talking but... about Yahoo disappearing for 20 years now. Well, it's because remember... they they could have bought Google and didn't. I know, but I remember <laughs> I remember when Yahoo first came out and, and the commercials were the Yahoo. I know <laughs> with the giant uh, exclamation. Yeah. Remember Ash Jeeves? Oh God, I loved Ash Jeeves. It I, was I... like. Uh, it was like the Alexa before its time. Mm-hmm, 100%. Because like Alexa gives you answers where Siri just says, here's an article. I hate that. I never use Siri. Uh, but Ask Jeeves, it would be an, a question and it would give it to you. It would give you the answer and then publish articles. Love that. Brilliant. Yeah, so I'm pulling the trigger for uh, defensive special teams. Since we talked about the chaos, I, I love the chaos. I love seeing it. Um, I don't mess with defenses until after about round 12 yeah it, it on like an average like i guess 16 18 round uh draft uh for us it's 16 but 12 uh and my reason is because you know it, it never ends up the same way that it's projected uh people you know on defense you can get one person hurt and, and that defense just goes to garbage so for me what i do is i actually week by week decide my matchup on defense and special teams and sometimes I look at it like three weeks ahead and knowing if I had that extra roster spot and I'll pick that one up like, okay, hey, in three weeks is going to be a great matchup. I'm going to go ahead and get that defense. So I don't really care what defense I end up drafting. Uh, if one falls to me, you know, and like round 12, nobody's taking the top defense. I'll go ahead and I'll do it. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll start the trend. But I, it's not a, a priority to me. I'd rather look for the sleepers or the depth or like that quarterback or running back that can go off if somebody in front of them gets hurt 
Mm-hmm. I gotcha. All right, so we'll go ahead and we'll talk about our top running backs. We'll talk about, uh, I mean, we can blend it in with the PPR and standard. We have it in, I've set mine in groups. And then, you know, we can talk about first and second round targets and sleepers. So I have, these, these are groups I set them up in, okay? So I have the must own and fringe must own. And that's that's the one, it doesn't matter if it's PPR or not, you want. Then I have set them and forget them, right? So again, players you can draft and you don't have to worry about ever getting rid of them. You just set them in there and however they play out is fine. Then I have solid starters, like don't love, and then RB2s if injury. So we can go ahead and say, uh, what are your... I have five must-owns. And I can go ahead and say, I think we can agree on three of them. CMC, Henry, yep. and Cook. CMC, Henry, and Cook, I think, are must-owns. So I agree with you on those three. My next two that I would say that are must-own, Nick Chubb and then Barkley. Okay. I have Chubb as a solid starter. The only reason why is I know that they are a run-first offense, uh, but Hunt still seems to... To worry me about how much he gives up to him, but it wasn't a lot, uh, and he still finished at like top. I have him graded as around two. Yeah, I'm I'm similar. The only thing that it, that leads me to must own is as it played down the stretch, you saw more and more of Nick Chubb. Right. Yeah. So later in the year, like your, uh, that's also something very important to take into consideration is playoff push. Understanding those players that may not be great at the beginning of the season, but like Derrick Henry thrives in the second half of the season just dominates and so does chubb Mm -hmm. Uh, i I always if i can i'll trade everything i can to get henry if i didn't draft him knowing that that's gonna happen hopefully it's like a bad team yeah knowing that i'm just trying to set myself up for the end of the year yeah uh camara for me is also a must own now this year he's kind of a fringe because of the quarterback play but i don't think there's going to be a a huge drop off and he's still the centerpiece of that offense and see, that's where I was too. He's more of a fringe for me than a must own just for the fact that I don't know who's going to play QB. And I know Michael Thomas isn't going to, he's not going to be there the first first month or so. Who knows if he's going to be there past that with the trade demand. But if there isn't another playmaker on that offense, he's the only one. So now right. he is so focused on, then it's just like, okay, that's great. And it depends if you got a PPR league, and he goes for 10 catches for 40 yards, bravo, there's your 14 points with that mm-hmm. add his rushing that he does get on there, maybe a touchdown, you're, you're you're getting your 20, okay, you break par. But those standard leagues where it's half a point for a reception, if if you're not breaking 20 with the running back, you're, you're leaving points on the table. So he's, right. he's for me on that fringe. Barkley, for me, is that same way, but I think he's a must-play this year just for the fact of, what the Giants have done upgraded wise overall. They, yeah, they, I think the wide receiver is elevated where you're not going to see eight men in the pocket or yeah. in, in the box anymore. Ken, yeah, Ken, and this is uh, so you all know me. I'm a diehard Lions fan. We we gave away Kenny Galladay, so he's on the Giants this year. So they have for the first time in a long time a true number one. He goes out. He's a big. He's a tall guy. He can get down the field. He's got great hands. So there's your number one there. Then you got Evan Ingram as your number two with your tight end. So that's a good lethal one-two combo. And then your third is Saquon. So you have a third option there. And then you have the fourth of what if they go Sterling Shepard or what other options there. So I think he becomes a very relative relevant play now with them solidifying a number one receiver and it's a true number one an actual athlete. 
and whatnot. Um, now, again, if that offensive line doesn't protect him or whatnot, it's different. But yeah, I don't. I just don't see defenses loading eight and nine guys in the box because you have Kenny Galladay out there, and he is a top tier wide receiver. So, yeah, and so for me, the of the must of my must owns, a player that I just do not draft is Dalvin Cook. And I, I, I hate myself for it most years, especially last year, because I advised someone, I was like, don't take Dalvin Cook. He always gets injured. He blew up. I love his play, but he does get injured. He did go down for two games last year, but it didn't matter because at that point he had so many yards rushing and receiving touchdowns and receiving yards. It just didn't matter. But I'm right there with you. And it, that's what kind of scares me this year too. So I look at the top two running backs that should be going one and two, which is uh, CMC and Dalvin Cook, in my opinion. Those are your top two for those reasons. They get both on the ground and in the air. But we don't know how Christian McCaffrey's going to come back. He had a bad injury, and then he played last year, and he couldn't get healthy. So you have those coming there. Dalvin Cook had a great year last year, had a little bit of setback, but before that, he's been getting hurt. And then you also have to look back at his Florida State days. He got hurt at Florida State too. So that's it, it leaves me right there. And then Saquon, we can put him in that same bowl too because he's coming off of a major injury. So I just don't know. But with legs like his, I just... Yeah. For me, my my top three uh, are CMC, Kamara, and Henry. And that's the order that I'm looking at drafting. Yeah. Uh, and because I love Kamara's play style. I didn't understand it. He was, you know, he's the one of everyone that I've like tried to evaluate coming out of college. I didn't understand his play style. It just looks so clean that I'm like, there's just nothing impressive about it. But what I've learned honestly, is that's what's impressive about him is how smart he is with running. It's so patient. It's insane. He just I lets mean, everybody else do the work for him. And yeah, then he how just many goes. times have you seen a running back sits there and outruns his blocking and, and whatnot? And just like, no. Um, I think it was perfect example. I think it was against Green Bay last year where Kamara had that little screen, got past the first tier. And then slowed up. He could have sprinted and got ahead of it, but then he would have had to do a couple moves to break out. He slowed up and allowed his offensive lineman to get there and take one of those guys out. And that way he only had to make one miss. And by But he was behind the wall anyway, so he just had to make a move and it was easy. So I see that point yeah, right there. Yeah, that's textbook. I, I love yeah. that play. My second group is uh, set him and forget him. And this is where I finish out my first round grades and start to bleed into the second round. Uh, so for me, uh, finishing up the first round grades, I have Aaron Jones, Zeke, Austin Eckler for my first. And then the rest of my sediment, forget them, is Jonathan Taylor. Agreed. And I have Josh Jacobs on there, but that's just because of how he's used. Yeah, it's it's only him. I don't see it any different this year either. Where Right, I but he still does really well. He, he does, just kind but- of fell off last year because he got injured. Well, he got injured, but then I also look at it too. Is now we just talked about it with Saquon, load eight in the box. You have Darren Waller, and that's it. And Darren Waller was great last year, but the games that Darren Waller didn't have a lot of catches coincided with Josh Jacobs not having that many yards. That's true. And I I would bump up after our discussion. I would bump Chubb up to that sediment. Forget him. Yeah, Chubb. I just think he's. I mean. I think ESPN gave or uh, Madden gave Chubb like a 95 stiff arm. I didn't realize it. And then I could look back last year and I look at the highlight videos. Homeboy's strong. Yeah. He's just, he's just he's not solid. that. He's not that 
flashy guy. He's that grinder guy that just goes and it, he just happens. He's to a perfect fall Brown. He, he happens to fall behind Derrick Henry when it comes to that, but that's what I look at him. He's just a smaller Derrick Henry. He's just unbelievably strong, unbelievably difficult to talk, tackle. Um, and he's just not as fast. He does get caught a lot from behind, but yeah, that's, that's that right there. So I agree with you on that one. I will go on the edge of round one, beginning of round two, sit him and forget about him this year. And it's a big one, but I just have to base off his play in, in college is Najee Harris. Okay. I have him as a solid starter. See, I have a sit him and forget him because I know he's a guy that I want. I know in I know in Pittsburgh they, they had run the so ball. they run they have to. Then I look at okay the grace that they had, and I look at their usage and what happened. And Najee does all of that except he is big. And when I mean big, yeah, he's a grown ass fucking man. Yeah, he's um, been impressive, and I think he'll be used in the passing game more than 100%, expected. Hundred percent. That that is the one thing I like Alabama used very well with him is they had dynamic players on the outside, but he was unbelievable outside of the back, out of the backfield. So I think yeah, no corner wants to see him coming hell out. No. <laughs> They're like, I, I, don't oh, I got a business linebacker decision. wants to see him dude. Right. But, not at full speed. They're all right. Meeting in the trenches where you're, 100%, where you're not, but at, could at you imagine pace? if he sat there and did a little slant, a slant route coming out of the backfield Run five yards one way and turn around, and what he's how many ankles of the linebackers he's gonna break, um, or even if he lines up in the slot and they draw him back in with motion and he goes across the the middle, and somebody tries to hit him, even if you hit his legs, dude, I feel like you're gonna come out concussed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so finishing out for me on like the solid starters, right? So these are all people that like I'm targeting. Uh, no matter what, the first two rounds or three, however, that you know, because you have your wide receivers and mm-hmm. tight ends and quarterbacks that people will draft, uh, that'll that'll push these guys out. But yeah, I had Najee there, and I have Najee and Austin Eckler as my two sleepers because Eckler's coming back. He didn't do that well last year, so I think he'll fall down the list. He started off well, and I'll be and able to, hurt. yeah, and then came back really well. So I think he's a player that I'll be able to pick up later. And I'm kind of getting my head ahead of myself with the the sleepers, but someone I, that I think I can pick up uh, in the second to third round that should be targeted at, at early second, late first. Mm-hmm. And Najee is the same thing. I think Najee is like someone that if you don't pay attention to college football, you may not know him, even though he went to Alabama. Hundred percent. I think so. I think, that's like a guy. I'm like, ooh, okay. I'm glad nobody else is paying attention. These are players that have upside tier one possibilities. Hundred percent, because Connor was not a bad running back and no. still did really well at Pittsburgh. But yeah. Najee is a much better running back than him. So if Connor had success, Najee will definitely have success. And but you also look at it. Connor was the type of like what Le'Veon was, but didn't have the size as Le'Veon. Najee is bigger than Le'Veon. I think he has better hands than Le'Veon and has the speed. And I think he ran like speed. a four four. Yeah, so it's gonna be insane. So I, that's why I think he's right on there. Here's my fringe one that I think that is going to be a sleeper, and I think it's the the offense that he's in, and that's DeAndre Swift. Okay, I mean a little a little homer play there, but it it, it right. is, but it's a sleeper for the fact that who's QB and what's around him. Detroit. I think that's the reason why you shouldn't take him. No, of who's who's QB? No, and that's where I look at because I look at 
what Jared Goff did at with LA and with a healthy Todd Gurley. Gurley caught so many balls outside of the back. When they went to the Super Bowl, Gurley was used huge in the play action, in the dump offs, the screens. And I see that with DeAndre Swift. But I also look at it as, hey, Jared Goff is going to target Hawkinson a lot, which is probably our number one, which is going to leave a lot of wherever he goes. That's that's where DeAndre is going to fill is wherever he vacates. Hawkinson, just a little off topic. And we were talking about it before about that week one. He was a player you would have drafted after week one last year. And hundred percent went off against Arizona, yeah, <laughs> disappeared and everything. I mean, he was consistent. Just week one, he had the hundred yards. Yeah, and that the was two an touchdowns. anomaly. <laughs> the, the two touchdowns. The rest of the season, he had plenty of yards. He averaged, I think, close to eighty some odd yards a game. He just the touchdowns always went to Kenny Galladay or Marvin Jones um from from those ones out there and i think it's just going to be different with golf because as i mean i know you watched the first preseason game any pass over 15 yards i'm used to stafford spirals i'm not used to these ducks that come up yeah Um, and that's why i think the short game is going to be super important so that's why i say he's a fringe guy i'm finishing out the second round with my solid starts i have some other second rounder value that i like but don't love but for solid starters, I would have uh, Fournette because I think he's earned the top spot there over Ronald Jones. Mont- Montgomery, even though I'm worried about <sighs> Tariq Cohen coming back, uh, but Tariq- I think the offense just takes a tick up with Fields at quarterback because he's got he's got to start now. But there, there's the thing: is when does Fields come in? Uh, very soon. I still am, I'm still going to take Montgomery. I I know, but. Does that factor in you take Montgomery between like a third and a fifth round? No, I still I have Montgomery graded as a, a second, late second, early third, just depending on kind of like what, how your team set at that point. Um, and then Raheem Mostert, but that one's Mostert. No. I would probably drop to like a three as more of a like don't love. I because, cannot trust any running back out of San Francisco. Right, <laughs> I think Trey Sermon is going to be the guy. He's going to, and he won't, if he's healthy, he is. So it's there. And then also I look at it is it's the same boat as Chicago is Garoppolo. He has to win quick. Has to, if he doesn't. Yeah. Trey Lance ball. Trey, Trey Lance comes out and he, and he comes in, but I think Trey Lance hurts that running game because now that, that that's off- still, but that's, that's a Shanahan Shanahan's run the ball. But but he is but now he has a mobile QB and a big QB, and I think you're going to see a lot of those goal lines where they run an, a, a a read option, and it's Trey Lance bootlegging it out because everybody's crashing for Mostert. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not going to have him as like if he's your first running back that you drafted, you're already going to lose. So don't you're even worry screwed. about it. <laughs> you better hope it, you, you better hope you have the best. You have the number one QB, the number one receiver, and the number two receiver. Right, and that's how I, I see him as like, okay, I have a number one in everything else, and now I'm just trying to like solidify areas, yeah. right? Because I'm assuming that everyone else I would want is gone, and he's a starter, so I would have him valued. Now, I would take J.K. Dobbins or Clyde edwards Lair over him, yeah. but I don't... I like those players, but I don't love them. And that has yeah. a lot to do with the offenses that they're in. 100%. KC and, is and also based off of men- one's a PPR, like added value with Clyde. Yep. And J.K. Dobbins 
touchdown is, dependent. Yeah, he's not a PPR guy. No. No, I'm sorry. So that's why I have them as like, like, don't love. Yeah, so that that's good. What do you feel about the competition between Travis and TN and James Robinson in Jacksonville? Yeah, see, and that's what I, I had that written down with, with the comments on James Robinson is that, you know, before them drafting Etienne, which I think they have Etienne as like third uh, on the depth chart, I mean, that'll change. So he may just be used as a PPR, like a, a scat back, a, a little check down, which is not scat. But anyways, I would have took James Robinson second, third round. Now I have him as third to fifth, kind of like, I'll take him, but maybe only for the first half of the season. I'm, I'm really scared too because you think I like I look back at it and like this is an undrafted rookie that just burst onto the scene with a shitty team, and everybody knew it that they were all they're going to do is give him the ball, and he still ran through people. It was unbelievable what he did. Yeah, but I now, tried to trade for uh, James Robinson the day before. Actually, I think the, I think it was like the the morning of uh, their Monday night game. <laughs> oh, against Miami. Yeah, and then uh, of course it was to uh, yeah he went off and it was oh, to just... Josh and Josh had he's a little late on getting to some text and and checking up on trades. Yeah, he missed so he was like line. it was like an hour before and he's like I think I'm gonna wait for the game and I'm like damn it. Yep. Like, I know you and haven't that, seen him play, yeah. and I have watched game, his him, tape. <laughs> yeah, him, Robinson and Gaskins both went off that game. Yeah. That was a great Monday night game. And then um, after but, that, he immediately, this is a halftime, he declined to trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then the, the the one thing that scares me is just that Trevor Lawrence and Tian connection. Playing yeah. together for three years down at Clemson, and now they're going to an offense, and they're both learning it under Urban Meyer where Robinson's having to forget his old stuff and learn a new one, which I think is tougher than just coming in and learning something. Yeah, and you're not a favorite. You have a new coach, so everything you did last year means Doesn't nothing matter. to this coach. It does not matter. And yeah. then I look, and you then have I no look at rapport. it. I think the only reason Entian got drafted by Jacksonville is because of Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, everyone was doing that pairing of – I mean, you see that. It's, it's not that uh, yeah. obscure, but it definitely happened a lot more this yeah. year than ever before. Yeah, Jamar Chase – Joe Burrow, I mean Jamar Chase is he's he's Waddle he happened uh, hurts and uh, uh, Waddle, uh, dude, I just feel bad for him because two is a he bust. doesn't have a two yeah. is a bust. Yes, but. he is. <laughs> I only said it last year. <laughs> I'm glad everyone. Uh, it took a season for you guys to come around to to my knowledge. So, other players that I'll just make comments on, uh, and these are like like don't love. Mike Davis, I'm worried about that O-line. Falcons looked absolutely terrible. Oh, God. Their O-line just looked... Oh, but I like Mike Davis as a player. Uh, Chris Carson, injury bug. 100%. Yeah, big injury bug. But wow. anytime I've had him, he does really well when he's healthy. Uh, Miles Sanders for Philadelphia. I just want to see how he's going to be used. Uh, and that all depends on the success of Hurts. Jalen Hurts, yeah. And I think Jalen Hurts takes it away from him because, again, you have that dual threat. And how many plays did Jalen make with his legs? And is, right. is going to. And that's that's the same thing I feel with David Montgomery with, if Justin Fields is in. And the same thing I feel like Mostert when Trey Lance is in. Having a mobile QB that 
can, is big enough that can run and probably will look to run first than pass scares me because I instantly just look back at Lamar Jackson. Right. And how so, he just takes off. So I would have also Joe Mixon now because Gi- Giovanni Bernard is out. So Joe Mixon is going to be the guy. I think he's a third, third down back. Yeah. Like all, but all three downs. Again, injury bug big time. Yeah, and that's why I have him as like and like don't love like if he's is... there and you you know it's around that time that you need to shore up your running backs. Look for him. Same thing as Miles Gaskins. Even though I have Miles Gaskin as like a round five to six. Same with mm-hmm. Mike Davis, five to six. Just because if you're drafting a running back after about round six or seven, you're really just looking for uh, backups that could take over or sleepers that are out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if there's an injury. What players are you looking at for running backs? Okay, so if there's I have six, so if there's an injury, the first thing I'm looking back is so like I look at Green Bay. If Aaron Jones goes down, then AJ Dillon is an yeah, auto plug. I for love me. AJ Dillon. Auto plug for me there. DeAndre Swift goes down. Jamal Williams in Detroit. Yeah, um, I, he's, I, he's. I a, thought about he, mentioning him. He's he's a big coming from Green Bay. He's a big back can catch the ball really well, can run downhill. He's got all those great things for him. Um, I think we go right back into if Nick Chubb goes down, then Kareem Hunt in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, NTN, James Robinson, Jacksonville can go right in there. And then Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, Tampa Bay. Right. I'm not even yeah. going to touch Denver because they have to, in order for that offense to work, they have to have two, they have to have two running backs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll get to the players that I just don't touch or systems that I don't touch uh, after this. Uh, Marlon Mack for me, cause he was the guy before Jonathan Taylor showed up. Yeah. Uh, Tony right. Pollard in case Zeke goes down. Tariq Cohen. If Honestly, Montgomery I goes think down, if it wasn't for Dallas paying Zeke, the money they did, yeah, I, I think, think they'd Paul, go with Pollard. Yeah. I think Pollard would they'd go with him. He was yeah, they'd be like, we could so cut. much more effective. And he did it with Andy Dalton. Yeah, I but I like imagine. I think Zeke realized that last year and he started to take his weight seriously. And he seems to be putting the work in. And then I would I would round it out last with uh Trey Sermon. Again, yeah, I, I agree with that one. Um so let's so what, then go with teams what players and, do you not uh players and teams you just don't touch. Because I'm that I'm I am that way. There, there are people I'm just like, don't care if he's there. Don't care if two, I need it. Not, two of them are him. in the same, or actually three of them are in the same division. <laughs> I guess I'll go with the whole division: Rams, 49ers, Cardinals, Seahawks. If you don't have number one, don't go after number two. Uh, yeah. you're injury prone and whatnot, but I'm not going one, for number one. Anyways, I'm not I'm not touching those teams. But, I'm, I'm but fine even with, with yeah, but even with that, I'm not touching any of them. You cannot trust the the three headed monster in San Francisco. You don't know what's going on. Arizona. Yeah, that's like if one of my guys is injured and the other one's on a buy. Okay, then I'll go look at them because I'm I'm assuming that nobody else has them. Yeah, either. you're in a bind. Arizona, you have um, Chase Edmonds and then James Conner out there, and I just don't trust either one of them in that offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because Kyler Murray does not look at that. He it's Hopkins or bust for him um, or run it himself. So there again, there's that one right there. So I think those two uh, running backs in Seattle just don't last. Even if they're good, they just get right. injured. They just get And they injured. used to be like a plug and play system there. Yep. And then LA um, with the injury to Florida state guy. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about. So you got there that puts their number one as Daryl Henderson. And if he goes down, they're they're screwed. 
they yeah. are screwed. Um, so Stafford being there helps, but then again, I just look at it as Stafford only ele- he elevates that team so much with the deep ball and the deep threat and opening under stuff that checkdowns is what you're going to get for a running back, and they have to be good at catching. And if that one, if if Edward Henderson goes down, then they're screwed. So two other teams that I typically do not touch. Houston. Uh, yeah, I mean, this year. Denver running backs, even though they're always good, I'm just like, you know, anybody can run in that system or in Denver period. It seems like for the last like 30 years. So I just don't bother with them. Just don't want to be annoyed by it. Because if, if your guy goes down injured, he's not guaranteed his starting position back uh, in New England. I don't touch the New England running backs nope, ever. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Buffalo, I'm not messing with this year. I don't like anyone there. I, I see, don't. I think Zach Moss has the number one locked in Buffalo. Yeah, I'm just not impressed. It just, I'm just it not. Just go, it, someone else can. I'm. I'm not bothering with them. It just goes back to. I think they'll have to establish the running game early to get the play action working for Josh Allen. But again, it comes Josh Allen. In my opinion, he's the top three quarterback. Um, for fantasy and in the league, and it's going to be one of those things that you're just, if you're the running back, you just don't expect much to happen, man. Yeah, and on, I'll say two other players, Antonio Gibson for Washington, just situationally, he, I don't... He's so raw still, man. He's, I just don't want to learn his position. bother with it um, and worry, stress about it, and then New York Jets, just, I think it's going to be a rough year. Don't yeah. want anything to do with with that team. Yeah, Zach Wilson looked good though. He did look good. He was talking some shit, and I loved it. I love seeing a rookie quarterback <laughs> talk shit. He took some hits too, and still got up and talked shit. I love that. Um, I love that grittiness. Um, but then going back to Washington with Antonio Gibson, Fitzgerald, Fitzmagic is an upgrade. Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic. Yeah, but you said Fitzgerald. I know. I I just Fitzmagic. We'll go with that. It's better that way. Um, he's an upgrade from every quarterback they had last year. And then I look at what he did in Miami, what he does with his teams. He's a gunslinger. He loves throwing it, the ball down, which is why he has a ton of interceptions. But that's only if he has to. Other than that, he checks down a lot to the running backs. And that's why Miles Gaskin was so great last year. It didn't matter who was playing running back for Miami. They had a lot of targets, and I see that really well with Antonio Gibson because that's what he played. That's what his role was at Memphis. He was not a north and south. He was an east and west and a dump-off dude where he had very good hands. So I think Washington's offense is going to be sneaky, So, but it's on one of my things right there where, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a running back crew that can benefit or can just be non All right, so talking – I think we've covered – almost every single running back in the league that you would draft, uh, which is great. I, I didn't think we would even go that far, but oh, yeah. we everything you know kind of played well. I think more on the fantasy season as a whole, I'll, I'll discuss a little bit more here to round out the episode. So for me, I would say when you're drafting, look for, uh, of course, be mindful of bye weeks. Um, I don't stress about it too much. I, I definitely messed up where I've had like three of my desk players all on the same bye week. It's whatever. I'll just chalk it up. Okay, that's one loss because I know I'm not dropping them. Yeah, but it, but it's one of those things. If if that's how you play that, if it's like, hey, I'm taking that week as a loss anyway, 
and the rest, as long as you don't do it multiple weeks, then you'll be fine. You know, you have a stacked team that's going to win um, almost every week or has a very, very good possibility we can win in every week. Then that's what you do. You just ch- chalk it up as a loss. You don't drop them. You have your, your fillers for a reason. And who knows that week, those fillers could go off. There is one of those things. So, yeah. And then I'll say for me, the way that I trade is I don't trade because I, I, it's it's rare that I have a team that's not in playoff contention or has a chance. So I'll wait till like halfway through the season and I'll I'll look to trade in preparation for the playoffs. Right. So understanding there's going to be guys that will do great in the playoffs with their teams uh, like our playoffs, you know, so later on in the year of the regular season. Look for that than just trading for a guy that's going off at that point because the odds are that they're going they're not going to keep that phonetic pace and don't be afraid to drop somebody like if you if you see someone that's overperforming don't be afraid to get rid of that guy for 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 value uh i do it a lot where you know i'll draft people just in case they they go off and then i'll I, just get rid of them i I'll just use them as trade years I snagged it a couple of years. Um, a couple of years ago, I traded Zeke. I had Zeke, and he was fighting that suspension. And he had an appeal, appeal, appeal. And I had him for, I think, the first eight weeks, and he was crushing it. But I knew that that suspension was coming up possibly and whatnot. And I knew Aaron and Rodgers had, had been having a shitty year so far. And so I did a 1v1 trade, Zeke, for Rodgers. Everybody was like, you're a fucking idiot. Well, Rodgers played lights out the second half of the year, and Zeke missed the last five games. Yeah. All right, so I think we're done with that. I'll, I'll, I'll finish it off with peeves, pet peeves of the draft. So I'll say, for me, like just going off of trading and then Having I'll go to off take of a like, kicker. Uh, yeah. For traders, uh, if, if you trade and you just do not understand comparable value— I have no, I, I'm not afraid to like text you or like if you're a friend or in like an open league message you and tell you that you're out of your mind because some people will go, okay, I'll give up CMC, but I want half your team. Uh, one, go to hell. You have to drop half your players for yeah, that. So you might as well make the tr- the fair trade. Right. I comes. think at most for like a top end player, three, but you're not going to get three of my best players. Or First three CMC. of the best in their position. Like I'm not going to give mm. you Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and like Julio Jones when yeah. he's like in his prime. Like just for CMC. I, so I'm thinking good. of that. So we talked about Yahoo earlier. That's one of the things Yahoo does is when they do a trade evaluator, they put up and they show you what they've done so far that year and what their projections are the rest of the year. And they literally calculate if it's a fair trade, like, are, are both teams seeing increased value? Is only one team. One team's a little decreased, which is fine. There can always be a little decrease depending on what you're going. I'm giving up two good guys to get this guy, and I'm going to lose overall 40 total points on the year. But that, that's between two players that I have the one. Or right. is it a big discrepancy? I love that with, with Fantasy or with Yahoo because you can literally see that. So that's one of the I wish they I could like add insults that. with it too. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to like, say, you're out can, of your you could probably cut you're this out, but I was going to say, or not, not even with that. We were talking about how you like to send text messages and everything. We will screenshot our draft chat because that is 
fucking hilarious because it is <laughs> once when that bonehead moves comes on our our crew is pretty educated when it comes to football and drafting and when that one bonehead moon comes two rounds a little too soon by the same person aaron yeah <laughs> i understand it if you're like rushed on the on the time right and you're like oh my god i only have like 10 seconds and you're like or if you're uh, stuck hey. in auto draft because you're <laughs> yeah. out at sea like johnny but yeah okay yeah so those that's my pet peeves coming in all right is when it comes to drafting the auto drafter when you set up a time and you are still late for like the first three rounds and then you complain about the draft dude show up man like yeah you and, it, and it's even worse for ones that you you join i guess it's more acceptable but i, I just don't understand it that the ones that you sign up for just to an in the open yeah yeah, and, and then you go, okay, you guys knew that you're probably drafting within the next 10 minutes, and then you auto-draft the entire thing. What for? If it's just to see draft strategies, they have mock ones that don't yeah. count. And that, so now I'm stuck in yeah. a league with a guy who just, with six guys who auto-drafted. I hate and I'm like, that. okay, well. I absolutely hate that. It's so stupid. And then the person who drafts, I can't stand this, and we had uh, German would do this when we played with him. Draft. His favorite players. Uh, he drafted the kicker too early, which was just yeah. He, he had Benetari. I was. I see, I'm known mind. for drafting Lions players, but I don't go after. They have to be like the top player. And yeah, I like hold, if you go for Galladay or Stafford, I'm like, okay, like I'm not gonna make fun of you for that. But yeah, like, because no, you know the point. If you're, you're a Jets fan and you're and you're picking up a, any Jets player in yeah, the top eight rounds, Zach Wilson <laughs> in round three, I'm. I'm dogging you for it. Oh, exactly, man. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. My biggest pet peeve with somebody is the person that comes in ready for draft day, everything like that, and is the commissioner of the league, and then for some reason has malfunctions with equipment and has to pause the draft every couple of minutes, or we have to start the draft late. There's only been one commissioner of our league ever, so that's you. <laughs> but it is a reoccurring thing where it is it is not every, me it is three, everybody else is like texting me like hey can you pause it and it does happen every time and it's not like a five minute pause <sighs> it's like a 30 minute pause yeah well everyone's on the same coast this year so that that's gonna help it's it's gonna help big so but yeah that's that's my biggest pet peeve is pausing a draft and there's good reasons but uh they just especially like you said when we sit there and we we pick a date that we all agree upon and everything like that. Yes, I know. Labor week Labor Day weekend is inconvenient to being right before the start of the season. But I that's my biggest thing is I look at okay, Saturday, Labor Day weekend, Friday night. If you still want to go out and drink, you can. Saturday night, if you still want to go out and drink, you can't. I love drafting on Sundays on Labor Day weekend because we still started early enough between seven and eight. Yeah, and you can and you can stay up a little later. You don't yeah, have to worry can, about getting to sleep. Yeah, most people don't have to go to work on Monday, and even if you do, it's it's still a holiday, so there's not so much right there. But these drafts take an hour and a half, and, and going through um, on a good day. So that that's a big pet peeve of mine is people picking days and just looking that far. Oh, that's Labor Day weekend. I'm gonna go out and do this. Hey, most of our crew is late twenties, early thirties. Outside of Keith, old blue. Still, old blue, who still can out KBD. drink, 
Calling out here, KBD. <laughs> no, he, he he can still out drink almost all of us. He still goes out more than any one of us. So, <laughs> yeah, it powers through some Red Bull like a champ. My heart is, is ready to explode, and I'm like, "There's no way he's alive." Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's one of those things, man. But it's gonna be fun. Um, I think next week. Yeah. So coming up, uh, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a I'm gonna start blogging now. Uh, so I'm going to have these articles up. Uh, of course, the first one's going to go off of what we discussed here. Same, pretty much the same information. One's going to just going to go off the the basics of NFL fantasy, a little bit of uh, wittiness in it as well. Something, uh, you know, a little bit more enjoyable to read. I know a lot of our like podcasts are a little bit more uh, like serious toned. And then, you know, we have like some of our wild uh, side stories that yeah. throw us off topic. That's a little bit more entertaining. Yeah. What you guys are listening to is actually the edited version with those, uh, most of those side stories cut out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's just cause like, we're like two like analytical people. So that's kind of yeah. like what we like to talk about. So I'll have one for just NFL fantasy, like basics. I'm going to do one on the running backs that we discussed here. Quarterbacks and tight ends will be one. Wide receivers will be one. And each one will have like sleepers that I like, rookies. Um, and I'll try and throw some analytics in there as well, some data points so that you can see like yep. kind of like here's the value of these. This is why you shouldn't take this per- like met Patrick Mahomes in the first round. Yeah. Like it's you can, but it really doesn't pay off. And then we'll start throwing in um, some betting cards too. Um, now that week one's kind of finished and we have an idea of what's going on. Um, I never bet before week one uh, preseason. Week two, week three, I think it will because you at least have some more. Um, I know Godly got bit a couple times this this up this past week. <laughs> yeah, I slowed down. I had I had I had the shakes, man. I had I had the I had the Dave Chappelle throw ditch. <laughs> Yeah, so, threw that one out. Um, I went one and one and two. It's fine, whatever. The two was BS. Thanks, yeah, Patriots. but you couldn't you couldn't go own. I one, can't though. stand it. You couldn't go own own one. So it's understandable. But we'll start throwing some of that stuff on there too, just like little betting cards heading into the week, um, and then just turn to Twitter when you guys want to see like game day stuff and whatnot. I will give myself a little shout out. I did hit Kevin Kisner this week for golf. One of the guys that I follow just absolutely. He was. He wrote an article and the whole thing was just pick Kevin Kisner and then going into the data. It's just like, yes, you have to pick Kevin Kisner. His, he was just such an upside and turned hundred bucks into six grand. Hey, money, money, money. Plus 6,000 to win the tournament in a very, very low ball field. And he came out and he won in a playoff. So I had the sweats today, dude. Like he, I like he started off the the tournament on Thursday, horrible, horrible, and then just got better. And then today, he put in the second lowest round of the day, and ended up finishing in a six man playoff, and then won on the second hole with the birdie. Mm. And the and he should have been eliminated in the first hole, but Adam Scott missed a four foot birdie putt. Everybody else had made pars. Adam Scott, make birdie, you win. He misses it. And then he was the only one to hit the damn green in the second in the second hole and birdied it. So well, it was a good day. Good hit. I'll make sure I block that from the IRS. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not going to come out or anything like that because that's going right, to go right yeah. into the NFL fund for this Yeah, you season. just keep it as a, uh, you know, a long-term investment and then they can't tax you as high. Yeah, I. so my blunder of the, the weekend is, and, and on my... Shit list is uh, Stefano's Tsitsipas in tennis. 
Okay, so I just did this thing, and I was like, you know, sometimes I just like to see what I can do in a, in a, in a single day. So I took $25, and all, like, the soccer league started back. I'm like, whatever. I'll take the juice on, like, absolutely everything that I like. And I had 25 turned into a thousand and it was one and I didn't even want it literally the difference of me playing him and not playing him was a hundred dollars so I would have been at like 950 instead of like 11 and you went after the 11 and I took him I told myself I was like I don't even know why I was just looking on Twitter and I saw someone talk about tennis I was like oh yeah tennis is playing it's the like the semis for uh Canada so I go on there and he's playing. I'm like, I really don't want to do Sitsipas. And it was against a guy who's like a great uh, server and striker, which he struggles to have returns against. And he's just a mental midget at this point. Sorry if that's offending. But this guy's <laughs> just, he just can't finish. And he screwed me. Everything else hit and it was it was on him. He won the first set. Second set, he had the chance to win it, blew it. And then the third set, he didn't win a single serve off the guy, but he also didn't give up one until the very last one, and he gave it up. And uh, I will say this: God, I hate e that guy. If, even if you guys don't use the info that we give you on Twitter, please, please follow Godly because he's fucking hilarious. He lives and dies by these moments, and the moment one thing goes wrong. You'll know it on Twitter because that's the first place he goes to. He doesn't go up and rant or anything like that. Or what the while he's yelling at the screen, he's texting what he's yelling. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. My Twitter fingers are also trigger fingers. <laughs> I I just can't I can't take it. It's just so fr so I I hate losing more than I like winning. Like I won last year. It was like a five hundred dollar bet to turn into like three thousand thirty five hundred off of like a three team parlay. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's cool. Like, that's, you know, an increase of three grand, but whatever. I'm more concerned about that that cool one that's like $25 that I can try and turn into a thousand because that's just more exciting 12, to me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was like, I do well when I, when I do it the right way, but that's just so boring to me. <laughs> uh, but I'm definitely going to do, I'm going to do one of those this year where I just take, I'm going to start with like 50 and I'm just going to take the juice on teams throughout the entire year. So just a complete season builder of NCAA and NFL. And I think I'm going to keep to just one rule and that's two teams from the NCAA and one team from the NFL each week and just see what that 50 can turn into at the end of the year. And if it loses... Mid-season, I'll start it again. But if it loses like week fourteen, whatever, it's done. Yeah, and I'm and I'm, if it gets high enough, I may I may cash it out. But we'll see. I'm gonna try and make it fun too, because I know there's a lot of people out there like me that don't mind just tossing beer money on some stuff. All right, but uh, yeah, so those will be coming out here in the next week, and next week we'll go over uh, the rest of the position groups. Uh, we might get that out by the end of the week. Uh, just because I think a lot of people will start drafting here soon. Yeah, this one we get hopefully out about midweek, hopefully, and then we'll record one at the end of this week too. Uh, we did not record late last week just for the fact that Godley's had 
problems with internet. Dude, telecoms and the whole town went down. I can't help uh-huh. that. And then last night he was at a monster truck rally. Yes, he yeah. is a redneck. Yeah, baby. Uh, yeah, that was fun. Okay, so everyone, uh, stay safe, enjoy yourself, and uh, draft smart. Please draft smart. I don't want to do it outside, actually.